0: Welcome to this week's Business Breakthrough Podcast. I am so honored um, to have Dave Menz on the show. Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you being here.
0: Guys, Dave is a laundromat millionaire. He uh, is a laundromat industry veteran and the owner of the Queen City Laundry Chain of Laundromats in Cincinnati, Ohio. And his journey from poverty to millionaire has inspired many entrepreneurs to overcome their own obstacles. And Dave and I have been talking for a little while now, and I have to say, like, he's one very cool human. (laughs) So, Dave, I'm so excited that you're here. So we have so many different things we can talk about, but the thing that I would like to address is that idea of getting out. You know, you, so much of your story is about getting out of where you came from, coming out of the poverty, coming out of this, you know, low income, low, uh, I don't want to say low class because it but low morals, right? Mm -hmm. Violence and drug use and all of the destructive forces (laughs) that exist um, in in low income environments to... uh, a beautiful space, married with a family, very successful business chain. And what do you feel, I kind of know the answer to this already, but what do you feel was the driving force that got you out?
1: Uh, There was certainly many of them, but probably the single driving force for me was that I didn't want that life for those that I loved. Um, even before I was married and had kids, I wanted to be married and had kids. But of course, even back then I had friends, I had family, um, that I loved and cared about. And some of them did live in that environment with me as I grew up as a child. And I didn't want that for me, but I equally didn't want them for that, for them. In fact, probably even more for them. Um, and, and so it was a very motivating factor for me that someday when I get married, someday when I have kids, Um, was always in the back of my mind, I don't want to be here. Um, I want to live a different life. Um, I experienced a lot of tragedy when I was younger in life uh, with my siblings and things like that. And one of the things that that taught me is that life is short, sometimes really short. Um, And I just wanted to live a very fulfilling life um, in a healthy environment where I could impact others and protect the people that I love.
0: Right. And so I there's there's a lot of parts idea. there. I want yeah, to wanna break parts of it down sure. because in in what you're expressing, there's two elements. There's I don't want this and I do want that. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. want to move away from here, but I want to go towards there. And I think very often people, because you know, you and I both come from places where we don't well, where we no longer reside and have moved into a different kind of space in terms of uh, professional and personal success. And what I've seen for so many people is they're very focused on what they don't want. I don't mm-hmm. want this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to have this. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be um, mistreated. And, and they never get out, no matter how long they say, I don't want to be here. And I think that one of the keys is you have to have a place that you want to be going There has to be a place that you're going. And something you mentioned to me before that I think is so significant is, you know, for you, the North star of your faith and the idea of service. You know, if I were to pick on something that, that in my opinion, pulled you out, it's that, it's that drive to serve because it takes, it takes you out of uh, that selfish place of like, you know, poor me, or why did this happen to me? Or I don't want this to, how do I serve? How do I serve those who are already in my world? How do I serve the people who will be in my world in the future? How do I yeah. serve? And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how your, your company focuses on service, because I think that's such an insight for every business owner and potential business owner, the way you vet, train, and treat your staff.
1: Yeah. Well, for us, it comes, uh, I mean, <clears throat> it, it's definitely who I am, for sure, to my core. So it's something I think I would have found a way to do in any industry. But when I found myself in the laundromat industry, um, I, I, within months, just completely head over heels fell in love with the industry. Um, Even though it has all these negative stereotypes with it, some of which are very well-deserved. The reason I fell in love with it is a couple. One, I saw just amazing opportunity and I want to live a fulfilling life. Like I want to make a difference. I want to leave a legacy, leave my mark on the world. Um, And the other one was that, the bar was so low that it, you know, I believe that even if I just moved the needle 10%, it was significant.
0: Right. I want um, to think about the opportunity was the opportunity for improvement.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, you can go into a five-star steakhouse and, and nitpick all day and find little things to do to improve, but is it really moving the needle? And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go into an industry that otherwise has a uh, very, 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 very low bar, um, The opportunity for uh, making, leaving your mark on the world is immense. And one of the things that I've learned throughout, I'm big on like reading and studying and things like that. And uh, one of the things I've learned in all the books and podcasts that I've, you know, consumed over the years is there's something, you know, called opportunity. And you can, you can have the, you can be the smartest guy in the world with the most money in the world. And if you chase an industry, I'm referring to business, Mm -hmm. you chase an industry where there's just not much opportunity. Like you say, I want to be in the five-star hotel industry. Okay, well, uh, how much are you going to move the needle there? Like that's a pretty pretty robust industry that's already pretty well served. Um, and so part of the reason I fell in love with this industry is because the bar was so low, I saw so much opportunity. Um, and i had always read over and over again that that's important. Like that that's, if you really want to move the needle and leave a legacy, that's, that's something you need to do. You know, I, I always joke, because I'm a small business owner, I always joke like, I don't want to be the 13th pizza place in town because <laughs> if I fail or succeed, does it really matter? I mean, we got 12 pizza places now or we have 13. I mean, does it really matter? But but when you run a, mo- you know, what I call a modernized laundromat, a high-end laundromat that focuses on servitude and a higher, you know, you asked about, about my staff. We spend a lot of time and effort screening and trying to attract and coaching and quite frankly, retaining our staff. Um, And the reason we do that is we, we believe we can have the nicest laundromats in the world and that's just the facility. The experience is almost always going to come from the service, which is typically your people. Now, yeah, if you have great people and your equipment is terrible, well, you gotta work on that too. So it's not everything, but we believe that it's something that really, really moves the needle. And so what we try to do with our staff is we try to attract and retain staff that has what I call the heart of a servant. I guess you could kind of say a heart like mine in a way, excuse me, Mm -hmm. Um, people that genuinely get a lot of gratification in life out of serving others. So just a quick example, somebody spills some powder detergent on the floor. You have someone there that uh, finds that a convenient time to go to the bathroom and hopes that the person will figure out a way to grab a paper towel and and a broom out of their car and, and get most of it up. Somebody with the heart of a servant runs at that, you know, you could, you could draw a whole, whole bunch of parallels, but the firefighter running to the fire, they don't turn around and pretend like the fire isn't there say, well, eventually it'll burn out. They run to the fire and right into the fire. And that's how I see servitude. And, and, and I realize that not everybody has that um, on their heart and I'm not here to judge others. I'm just saying that's the organization that I want to build because those are the results that I want. And I see that team as uh as being a very organic thing. And uh, the last thing I'll say is before I got into business for myself, I worked in corporate America for about 17 years. And when I, the company I started with in the very beginning when I was very young uh, was a great company to work for. Amazing culture, everything about it was fantastic. By the time I left 17 years later, it was one of the worst places to work I've ever seen. And so when I got into business for myself, I also said, I'm not just here to serve my customers. I'm here to serve my team.
0: I did so not I wanted, realize you worked in corporate America first.
1: Yeah. Somehow yeah, that was yeah. that
0: escaped my yeah. Sorry, my investigation. <laughs> what type of work did yeah. you do? I'm not going to ask uh, what the company it was now that you mentioned that they're terrible. Um, yeah, but what no. kind of work did you do?
1: Well, I started out at 19 years old in an entry-level position at the local telephone company. Um, it was just a way to get my foot in the door. I didn't go to college, so it was just a somewhere to. Build a career is the way I saw it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over the time I was there, I worked in five different departments. I was promoted five different times. So I worked in sales, customer service, marketing. And when I left, I eventually went to the trade school that they had within the organization at a local community college. And I became a lineman, which is the guy outside that climbs telephone poles and fixes the phone lines and things like that. So that's what I did at the end of my career. Um, And uh, yeah, very, very different company when I left than when I started. And so my okay. point was that I would so Wait, build-
0: hold, hold on, what got you? <laughs> this just like revolutionized the story. I can't believe I didn't pick this up before. What got you to leave your job, yeah. job security to buy your own business?
1: Yeah, it's a couple things. One of them was I've always wanted to be a business owner. And at some point I gave up on that dream, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. um, accepted the fact that maybe it wouldn't happen. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. And one day I just woke up and I wasn't happy in my job. I was miserable. The company I worked for and things like and the boss I had and things like that. And I was getting ready for work one morning, 5 a.m., half asleep mm-hmm. and uh, brushing my teeth, look in the mirror and uh, put my toothbrush down. And I said, you're a sellout. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like that was, wow. that was all it took. I was just like, what are you doing? Like once again, back to I personally believe I'm here for specific reasons.
0: But if you started at 19, you did it for 17 mm-hmm. years. So then by that yep. time you were 35, 36.
1: Well, there's a there's a five-year window in there where I did both. So yeah, one okay. of the things we also didn't talk about is when I got into business for myself, I worked anywhere from 90 to 100 hours a week for about five years to turn my businesses around and I kept my full-time jobs. Uh, full-time job as a way to support my family because the businesses didn't make enough money to support my family. So yeah, I was in my, uh, I think it was around 29, uh, 28, 29 when I bought my first business Um, and I was around 34. So when I, when I quit my full-time job, so I did both for about five years.
0: Got it. I want to talk a little bit about those early days. When you first bought the business and you're working, because it's funny, your, your story and my story are a little similar. I started my first business also, my current company when I was 28. My first business started when I was 10. Um, but I started it while I was working full time mm. as well. And I was just doing it on the side. And, and I had three little kids at the time also. So that was just a whole party. Um, <laughs> but, so what? So you look in the mirror, you're like, okay, sell out. And then you were like, okay, we need to, but it's interesting. You didn't want to start a business or did no. you? Cause you wanted I, to buy an existing business and operate and improve it. And I, I think that, that's a huge insight because to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner today, everyone's like, oh, you have to have that idea. And I, I'm more of a classical entrepreneur story where it's like, I had an idea and I want to turn that idea into money. And that's what I do. I turn people's ideas into money. And you're like, no, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur and a business owner. There's no idea that I have that I want to turn into money. I want to, run and improve a business. Yep. I love that. And I I love that because there's so many people I feel like who would be like you like I'd love to run a business, but I don't have an idea. I don't know. And it's like you you don't have to have the idea. You can take something and improve upon it. And that's essentially what every entrepreneur does just sometimes they take that thing from inside their own head or sometimes take it from outside in the world.
1: Yeah. For me, I I, like I was never in love with the product. Like I was I, I don't care what the product is. I loved the act of business as I observed it as a little kid. And I'm, you know, there's probably some naivete in there, but Mm -hmm. I love the act of business, meaning that if I serve others and I solve a problem and I solve a big problem and I serve people better than everyone else, meaning my competitors, Mm -hmm. but I will be financially rewarded. That was what I loved about business. So you could insert any product on the planet or service or whatever. I mean, it didn't matter. Um, I just wanted you to. You spent solve you spent 12 problems.
0: years in corporate not doing
1: that. I, that's exactly right. I think you <laughs> I think you were getting to that. Uh, that's exactly right. Is that was part? Uh, there was a couple things, but there was that was part of my motivating aha moment was I realized that I was working at a company that I was just a I was just a cog in a machine. Like they didn't care what I th- thought. They didn't want my opinion. They didn't even really want me to think. Um, they just wanted me to do like just to solve tasks. And I didn't feel, I'm not saying I wasn't making a difference because people need internet and they need phone service. And if you don't think you do, well, turn it off and you'll realize how right. you <laughs> turn,
0: turn it off and so, see what happens. Right,
1: right, so I'm not saying it wasn't important. It just wasn't enough for me. And what I really hated, um, I've always been somebody that really hated constraints. Um, so I might be going down another rabbit hole for us here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like but it, I, I, I always hated being limited. And I think that's part of what I hated about corporate America was I didn't have a degree. And so once I got to this point in my life, and I was still pretty young, I mean, I made a nice living. Um, there was really no upward mobility. I mean, you weren't going to the management if you didn't have a degree. Plain and simple, end of story, no exceptions. Wasn't going to happen. You, and you so can't I not graduate knew I was in limited.
0: management if you didn't have a degree.
1: They would not allow it, correct?
0: Why? Yep. Well, even if you Just have the personality. Stereotypical.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, back then I didn't think this of myself, but now I think I'm a pretty fantastic leader. So I I really think I would have been really good at it, Uh, but no, I was never going to be given that opportunity. And I was young. I mean, I was like in my, like I said, late twenties probably. And I was just like, you know, I got my whole life ahead of me here. This is not like punching the clock, climbing telephone poles for the next 25, 30 years and retiring is not like, it's not enough. And it it wasn't about the money being enough. It was about the fulfillment in life not being enough. I needed more.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with S.D. Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?